Welcome to the Men of Iron Podcast. This is Travis Albanicious in the Outer Banks with you for the fourth and final Monday of April. So next week, you're going to have a rock star of a leader joining you named Scott Davis. And buckle up, because Scott's the real deal, man. He spent 30 years as a career firefighter. He's led at high levels. He loves the Lord deeply. And I know uh, he has developed droves of young leaders throughout his career. So uh, just buckle up. For next Monday, we're going to kick off the, the month of May with a fresh voice and a fresh perspective on being a man of iron. So don't miss that. But to recap, uh, the last couple weeks as I bring this month to a conclusion, week one of April, we talked about the idea of focusing on the most fundamental aspects of being a better man. And it all starts with week one's action step. And that was to openly declare your belief in the death, the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And that's the starting point. It's the answer to every other area of our life uh, is making that declaration. Then week two, we talked about building our relationship with Jesus. Once we make that declaration, now it's time that we start to open up our relationship with God and just discover uh, all that he has to offer to us. And uh, it's really, we talked about prioritizing and scheduling regular time with him, reading his words, talking to him in prayer, deepening our relationship with him. And then we just took some time last week and we talked about what happens when we spend time with Jesus. And what happens is he starts to nudge us in different areas of our lives. He he nudges us to take action, to sure up our foundation. And he starts to show us the sandy parts of our foundation and he asks us to strengthen them. And we talked about this. It's not just about knowing your foundation is sandy, right? Or knowing where the weak spots are, but it's about taking action when he calls us to take action. Because when we do what his word tells us to do, we're considered wise. Now this week, since we're starting to establish our foundation, I want to start talking about what's next. And I want to speak directly to the married men listening. So If you're not married, men, then take this one and put it in your back pocket because I'm certain that it's going to be helpful to you down the road. But here's the next step in strengthening your life, strengthening your manhood so you can experience all that God wants you to experience. So after your faith, our relationship with our wives should always be our second priority. Let me repeat that. After our faith, our relationship with our wives should always be our second priority. Not our kids, not our fitness, not our finances or our careers, but our wives. And Paul actually says in Ephesians 5.25, and he's speaking directly to husbands. He says, husbands, love your wives just as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. And he goes on to say that husbands should love their wives as much as they love their own bodies because he who loves his wife loves himself. And I'll be the first to admit, I've made some big mistakes in this area. There's times that I can look back on my life and I know I neglected my responsibilities as a husband. And I'll tell you this story about my own personal walk. Uh, when When I graduated from college... 
I was playing some arena football and I started a career in the financial services industry. And as you get to know me, I mean, you'll, you'll just realize that, man, when I buy into something, I buy in, I go all in. But I would say I had a fair amount of success in the financial services industry quickly. I mean, I wasn't making a ton of money, but I was on my way to climbing the promotion ladder, getting a place uh, or at least to the place that I'd start to be able to make some good money. In the midst of all that, I just got married to my beautiful bride, Nicole, and I was passionate about the church. We were both passionate about serving in the church. We were passionate specifically about missions. We were taking trips to South Sudan. We were serving at an orphanage over there, and I would come back from those trips so on fire to make a difference. I wanted to do everything I could to serve families in the financial services industry, which would lead right to making some great money, and it helped me to just be able to start funding some of the missions work over there. So my reasons for running hard, man, they seemed so worthy. I mean, God tells us that, that one of the most important things we can do as followers of Jesus is to care for widows and orphans, and I was all in. But as time progressed, we had one of the most amazing things ever happen to us, and, and it was my daughter Olivia was born. And let me tell you, there are few memories that I cherish more than getting to hold Olivia, my baby girl, moments after she was born. I mean, what an incredible gift that is, those, those first precious moments. But again, now it gave me even more motivation, not necessarily to build my faith and focus on my foundation, I actually find, found myself beginning to take my eye off of some of those things. I took my eye off of my faith I, and took my eye off of my family, and I started to just focus on my career. And I was thinking if I could just make enough money to get financially independent as soon as possible and then spend as much time as I wanted with my wife and my kids, I could serve as much as I wanted to in the local church. And I mean... Come on, it sounds worthy, right? It seems like they're all worthy goals and things to aspire to. But the reality was I was drifting. I was getting out of balance. I was neglecting the foundational things. I was neglecting my faith and my relationship with Jesus. I was neglecting time with my wife all so that I could focus on my career. And, you know, I, I was going to church more than that, like I, I was, I was bought into the church. I mean, I, I was serving in student ministry, doing that as much as I could, investing in the lives of, of young students. To me, I was doing everything I needed to do to serve the Lord. But something I didn't have in my life was a godly mentor, someone that I would let close enough to me that could maybe point out some of the things that I was neglecting. I actually only had mentors in my life that were business mentors, mentors who saw something in me that they were cheering me on, right? Telling me to go hard now as a young man so I could enjoy the fruits of my efforts later. But the one thing they didn't know about is, see, they didn't know about the lack of energy and effort that I was putting into my marriage. So I, I, was, I was putting everything into my career and the chances are, that if, they, that if they would have known, they would have been concerned. Guys, I was out of balance. And I was overloaded on the career side of my five Fs. 
I was neglecting the foundation and I was focusing on the things that were less important parts of my house and of my life. And it wasn't until significant events that my perspective began to change. I mean, I was, it was shortly after my daughter was born, my wife began to complain about some chest pain that she was having. And sure enough, it turned out to be Hodgkin's lymphoma. We were 27 years old, and here my wife is diagnosed with, with, with a form of cancer. And I'll never forget, like even through that diagnosis, I mean, as emotional as that was, uh, the plan was to keep running hard, right? To keep making things happen for my career, to not take my foot off the gas. Until one morning, something happened, and it was actually that the first morning my wife was scheduled to start her chemotherapy. And uh, I made the wise decision to, to go with her. Because that first chemo, and really all chemo is a big deal, but the first one especially is a big deal, mainly because the doctors don't know how it's going to go, how someone's body is going to react to the chemo. Well, I remember like I had been out late the night before on appointments and I was working hard. But as my wife, as she began that first round of chemo, I'll never forget. And I'm like almost ashamed to say it, but I fell asleep in the chair. And the one thing that I remember is a nurse nudging me to wake me up. And I don't remember exactly what she said to me, but I do remember what I heard or what I felt like I heard. And she looked at me with a concerned face and she said, listen, this is important. And if you're going to sleep in that chair, then you probably shouldn't have come. And again, I don't know that she said that exactly, but that's what I heard. And talk about a wake up call. Guys, I realized I was putting my career over my family's well-being. I was so focused on being successful at work that I neglected something that was way more important. I was putting so much time, energy, effort into my career that I had nothing left to give when I got home to my family. Listen, fellas. Our wives, and something that I realized is that our wives are such a gift to us as men. And we can't afford to make the mistake of neglecting the most important relationship we have outside of our relationship with God. And I mean, the truth is, our success in our jobs and in our careers, they're gonna, it's going to be so much sweeter and so much better if our wives and our kids are there to enjoy our success with us. Right, Trust me, that if we love our wife, life is going to go so much better. Right, The old saying, I mean, you've heard it, happy wife, happy life. I've talked to guys that have been married for a long time, and they say that statement is a true one. It's true. But as followers of Jesus, guys, we're called to love our wives. We're called to not just love our wives, but to love our wives just as Christ loved the church. And gave himself up for her. And that's, I mean, really something really significant to think through is how, how did Christ love the church? What did he do in order to set the church up to succeed? And we know what he did, right? He gave his life for it. He went to the cross. He died for the church. And that's a big calling. It's a huge undertaking. And here's what I know. 
is that it's not easy to put our wives' needs above our own, right? I'm guilty. I'm not good at this. I realize I can't always do it on my own will and in my own strength. I need God's help. And I'm guessing that you probably need God's help too. And that's why the last three weeks of this podcast are so important. Because if we keep our foundation strong and we have a strong relationship with Jesus, guys, remember, his spirit lives in us and he will give us the power and the strength to love our wives well. He wants our marriages to win. So for me, like one of the things that I do in my prayer time is I just consistently spend time praying for my wife. And guys, I would just encourage you to do the same thing because when you think about who else is praying for your wife, I mean, you can probably name the amount of people on one hand. There's no prayers more powerful than the prayers of a husband for his wife. And there's times when when I know, you know, I pray for Nicole, I just ask God for, for strength to help me to love her well, the strength to serve her well. I ask him to to show me creative ways to serve her. And you know what he consistently shows me, like personally? Now, this is so simple, but it's so profound. Are you ready? I feel like he consistently tells me to do the dishes, to clean the house, the things that I don't want to do, but the things that my wife loves when I do them. See, a big part of loving our wives is knowing our wives' love language. It's knowing how they best receive love from us. And there's a great book on this. It's called The Five Love Languages. If you haven't read it or worked through it, I encourage you to do it. But my wife's love language is actually acts of service. She needs me to do acts of service for her. And my love language is words of affirmation. And so you know what I try and do all the time? Is I do what comes easy to me. I give her words of affirmation. I tell her I love her. I tell her all the ways I see God working through her, right? I love her in my love language. But to her, she doesn't feel loved when I love her that way. For me, it's easy to love her with words, so that's what I go to. But what she needs is me to love her in acts of service, and that's hard for me to do. But it's what makes love, love. It's a willingness to give up my comfort to serve my wife, my wants, my needs to serve my wife. And isn't that what Christ did? Look, I'm not perfect at this. This is a journey. But we can do this as we pursue Christ together. So here's my action step for you this week. As you spend time with Jesus, working on your foundation, this week I want you to ask him for strength to love your wife well and ask him for wisdom to creatively love your wife. And trust me, he's going to give you an answer. Something's going to come to your mind and you should write it down because when he gives you that answer, remember when God speaks to us, we should do what he says. We should take action. We should get uncomfortable and serve her the way that she needs to be served in order to feel loved, the same way that Christ served the church. See, guys, when we love our wives, we in turn love ourselves. Guys, what would it look like? What would our marriages look like if we put the same time, energy, and effort that we put into our careers and our hobbies into our marriages? 
Perhaps our marriages would thrive. Perhaps our kids, they'd grow up to truly understand what real marriage looks like. That it's not some fairy tale, but it it takes work, focus, time. It takes the investment of financial resources. But when we prioritize our faith and we prioritize our marriages, great things happen. So to help you with this, let me just recommend one more resource through Men of Iron. It's titled 20 Lessons to Build a Man's Family. And it just provides some simple, practical thoughts, some biblical ideas on how to help you prioritize your family relationships. So you can go to the website, menofiron.org, grab one for you, grab one for a friend, work through it together, because we all know, guys, that we are stronger when we're together. So fellas, I hope you found this helpful. Let's be better men. Let's be better husbands. Let's be better business and ministry leaders. But ultimately, let's be better followers of Jesus. Remember, it all starts with the fundamentals. If we get the little things right, we can win.